some of the partial shows when they're advertising, selling, uh, especially the uh, the Dean Martin shows. They sell sometimes, and gosh, he was good. Everybody loved Dean. He was of the two. He was so lovable he, in yeah. that show. Because I knew his agent, and everybody loved Dean. You could tell. Yeah. I mean, you could tell. There, there are some things that just don't fly well or even appear in a show where there's not this kind of warmth and good feelings about each other. But my goodness, he certainly had them in his show. So, Okay, sir, I will send, All right. I will send Lum and Abner. They will fit in your envelope. And uh, we'll let Charles know that there is somebody who's later than he was <laughs> in the envelope. I think I started on yours later, though. So we'll, we'll, um, we'll keep him happy. Charles, are you hearing that? Uh-huh. Still waiting for his. Okay, well, I will let you guys talk to someone else. All right, Don. Merry Christmas. Thanks for Merry Christmas to you, too, too. All right. Thank you for coming. Bye. Bye-bye. We got a good family here. Yes, we do. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. We get to adopt our family. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fred, you know, you're gonna send me Topper. I really should have filled up your CD. <laughs> I am so sorry. Please call and let me. <laughs> what else you want? In your CD. I am shamelessly bribing you. Shamelessly bribing you. I really, 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 really want to watch Top. <laughs> I will send you CDs. I Fred, really, in really, fact, really, really, In fact, Fred, Patricia will go out on eBay and look for a squirrel just to send it to you. Oh, gee. That'll keep him away. <laughs> he, he will not go for squirrels. Uh-uh. I know that. He's, he even sold his memory. I know. <laughs> I mean, you know, he sold your... your, your uh, he told us. Story. I mean, it was just heart-wrenching about being a little boy, and for the first time, he got his mother a present with his very own money, and he picked it out. Mm-hmm. Where is it now, Fred? Ah, I sold it on eBay. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> I don't know, Fred. You're always a good sort. Oh, yeah. Okay, our... Oh, gosh, I didn't ask Don what his favorite Christmas song or Christmas carol is. You didn't ask me what mine is. Dick. I'm just in the mood. Um, Wrap your neck in lights and what happens? The whole show goes... Well, I know I know what your favorite song is. Yes, you do. Silver Bell. Yeah. Is that a song or a Christmas carol? I would say that's a song. I would, too. Now, a Christmas carol... No, it's like, it, it's like Silent Night. Yeah, so what is the Christmas carol one? Yeah, and a for Dallas and that kind of stuff. So what's your favorite Christmas carol? Oh, my favorite Christmas song. Gee whiz, there are so many where I... I, um, last week, everybody, I missed quite a bit of the auction because I went and saw, um, Handled Messiah. Oh, how was it? At the Richard Nixon. I was totally, Patricia, blown away. Really? It was... What they did this time, they had the choir sit with the audience, and I sat next to the two bass singers, and this was a way for somebody like myself who has the bit of a hearing loss to get to hear every single word sung. Oh, wow. oh It was an awesome experience. You are on the air. And this was a way... I guess we're waiting for, my, for myself to talk back. 
every single word. Do, do, do. Oh, well. You are on the air. We're not talking with her. We were talking to myself. I guess we're waiting for my sister. Oh, well. We'll turn you down, and we'll see if you come back. Uh, anyway, it was a great experience, Patricia. Get to be there with the, the, the chorus and the audience and a live orchestra, you know, and it, they done it at the Richard Nixon Library for the last eight straight years. Uh, I'm so glad it was so nice for you. Hello there. You there? I guess they're going to call us back, hopefully. I certainly hope so. I have my chunk of news for you. Breaking news. This is breaking news, everybody. This is the report at Patricia. All right. Yes. Now, I heard, I walked past the news. I frequently have the news on in the background. Mm -hmm. And I heard the words, now the race is on to make sure the bomb doesn't explode. And I thought, I'm going to have to wait for this to run around again. They found in the Rhine River in Germany, they found a 1.8 ton World War II British bomb. Wow. And that was, it's because the water levels, they've also been in a profound drought. Yeah. And I'll tell you what they found in Texas in a minute, <laughs> but in a profound drought. And so the water level is going down dramatically in these places, and this thing, the water was low enough that this thing emerged. I mean, it didn't yeah. pop up or anything, but you could see it. And so they started squirreling around. They ha they found four other bombs in the, the similar area. A couple of them belonged to the United States, um, and one of them belonged to... Oh, I can't remember what, but I mean, they, they came from all over. It right. was like a, a convention here. <laughs> so they've got this 1.8 ton World War II British bomb, and the line was, now the race is on to make sure the bomb doesn't explode. Well, I thought, the thing has been sitting there since World War II. Why are we racing to make sure it doesn't explode? And then I found out that it is a live piece of munition. They've had to, they're going to disarm it or deactivate it. And in order to do that, they had to create a safety perimeter and they have evacuated 45,000 people, including nursing homes, hospitals, residents. They have, act, it, it is that powerful that they cleared out 45,000 people. Now the line makes a little bit of sense here, um, but it's, uh, it's I, World, yeah. World War II, and they're going to defuse it. It's supposed to do it tomorrow. I was, um, a few months ago, I started playing some of the newscasters' interview with John Dunning, and they were saying, one of them was saying one of the most interesting things, and also all nerve-wracking. He went on a few visits for guys in when they were dropping the bombs, the the Brits in, in England. Mm -hmm. They had the next day, they always sent out crew to defuse the bombs. <laughs> Can you imagine being that kind of voluntary, volunteering for those types of work? I, I don't. Even in the army, they don't pay ordnance people enough money. No. They just don't. No. Um, oh. There's no. I mean, how do you protect yourself against something like this? If the thing goes up, everybody who's around it goes up. Yep. They've got it um, sectioned off with sandbags. And I thought, well, boy, that makes an awful lot of protection. We've got four or five feet tall of, of sandbags and a 1.8-ton bomb. But what they did, I realized after I looked at the pictures for a bit, they, they did a semi-perimeter around 
the bomb to keep the water out. It was pretty close to shore, so they didn't have to do a complete 360, but only enough to uh, let them drain the water. They, they put up the sandbag barricade and then pumped the water out to finish exposing this thing. And, I mean, you talk about a surprise. That thing looks like a ship. It is huge. So then it wasn't funny anymore. Oh. I mean, really, you know, when you think about a World War II bomb that's been there for 60 years and the race is on to make sure it doesn't explode, and now I understand why. It's, it's finally exposed, and goodness gracious. Tomorrow, everybody, I'll start doing a little bit of Pearl Harbor coverage. We're getting close to the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. It'll be this uh -huh. week. So we're going to start off on a Saturday night with Truth of Consequences with it the night before before we take you into some of the famous news and radio shows of that week for tomorrow night's broadcast. So, and I want to give a plug to our friend Chuck Satan. Now he has, has a website, speakingofradio.com. What he's going to do, because it's hard to believe, we are on the 70th anniversary of World War II. For the next four years, everybody. Everything is 70 years ago. And he's releasing, he's releasing a show that he does... On World War Two every week. He did it on the 50th anniversary, so this week he's covering, you know, some of the events of Pearl Harbor and things like that. So every week for four straight years. So chronologically, you're going to be following shows and news of 70 years ago every week on his website. How cool! Yeah, it's 60 years. Of the, you're right. It's 70, 70. years. About 10 years into the new um, century. Yep. Shoo. So a 70-year-old bomb is sitting there uh -huh. in the water. Good grief. Yeah. It makes you wonder how many... Well, out in um, Texas, there was a lake that lowered. You're right. And it exposed... This is in drought situation. It exposed a car with a suicide victim who had been missing for years. A skull. They have no idea who it belongs to. They unearthed it. They didn't unearth it. The water receded, and there is a cemetery of uh, with with headstones that are still there. A couple mm. of them have tipped over in the water, but the water was deep enough that nobody knew it was there. Right. And it was um, for it, it was within the slavery period. That's yeah. how old this thing is. Um, they uncovered ancient Indian bones, that, that there there was a, a, an Indian burial ground, and all of this is because the water receded, and a piece of Challenger. Oh. They found the 17th, what was it, it wasn't a retro rocket, a fuel, a fuel container, is that possible? There oh. were 18, and now this is the 17th that they have recovered, but it was exposed because the water receded so dramatically. Was it be Columbia? I can remember Columbia blew up over Texas. Maybe it was Columbia. Yeah. Of course, it would have been Columbia. Yeah. Silly me. Yes, it was. Yeah. And Challenger was in Florida. Can um, you imagine? What, 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 it's been 25 years since Challenger. Really? Yeah. My gosh. We've, we've really had some terrible catastrophes. Mm -hmm. I mean, these really were catastrophes. And it, it just seems like last year or the year before mm -hmm. it's so difficult to believe that that much time has passed with some of these things I absolutely i have good news i hold that thought hello there you are our good news for the night hi this is dennis hello good. dennis how are you tonight 
fine. Thank you very much. We're super good. I listened to your interview earlier this morning, or this evening, and um, I just wanted to say thumbs up for those guys. Oh, yeah. And how. They're yeah. doing a great job. Yeah. Especially when I heard it was 98%. Uh-huh. You know, I'm going to get online tomorrow morning, make a donation. Oh, right. be much because I don't have that much, but at 98%, you know, it makes you feel good. They're, they're doing an awesome job. They are doing an awesome job. I agree. I agree. I, it just knocked me over when I saw that number, and I needed to verify it with him before we even got on the air. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what is going on here? And he said, yep, those are correct numbers. Absolutely, because, you know, they got so many volunteers, and they have people who have decide to cover all dispenses, operations, with a, a donation. They just want to make every sure that everybody's donation goes straight to the toys that they mm -hmm. can. It was, um, oh, gosh, I, I can't, an endowment. Yeah. Um, there, there was someone about five years ago who established an endowment large enough that any of the salaries, the few people who are paid, um, you know, the full-time employees who are paid, the condition was that the salaries were to be paid through this endowment to make sure that virtually every dollar went to the kids. And that's how come they uh, were able to do this. Yeah, and, you know, the reason that it impressed me so much is there are lots of charities you can give to and they they go oh we're we're the the most well organized and well managed charities in the world and 30 percent of the money you know goes to salaries yeah. if, if you're lucky 30 percent goes there i believe and this is an i think uh, by the way we're talking about toys for tots we had um Major Bill Grine as a guest tonight, and he is the vice president of the foundation for the or, or the Marine Toys for Tots Foundation, um, and he was just terrific. Um, I I believe I'm correct, Walden. You might know a little bit more about this than I do. I believe you are still within legal limits if 40% of the intake goes to the charity. I know in most cases they think a good rate is 86 to 14. That's what I've heard. And uh, that is a super high, a, a super high rate, but within legal limits. Yeah. Get below 40%, um, you're illegal. I, I think it's immoral to take 60% of donations and yeah. not have it go to where it's supposed to go and to have a 98% donation percent. Yeah, that's just awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it just blows your mind. Just blows your mind when you think about this organization making sure that people have what they need in 50 states plus Washington, plus Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. Right. And the system that they use was just so cool that they issue credit cards. They don't send checks. They don't send, you know. Th sometimes they'll they'll send toys, but they they will take the cash donations. That's very. That's really very clever. It is, and then the Marines don't have to walk around with cash in their pockets or worry about juggling mm -hmm. books. And they're issued credit cards that go into an account that was set aside just for them, and they can go buy toys to fill in where they need fillers, and they, they can go to regular retailers, and they, they have their, their credit cards uh, with their accounts. 
And she said, who about, this is Pardon? And this is for kids that necessarily not tied into the Marine Corps, everybody. It gets the oh, local right. community kids. These are kids, period. Mm -hmm. And they're out in the communities. And, and I agree with you, Dennis. It, it is just awesome that they have those kinds of numbers. I got to tell you, you know, Christmas always makes me feel good. But that that whole interview, that... That just really warmed my heart. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad. I, we thought he was a pretty special person. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad he was able to be with us. And like I said, you know, the kind of work that these people do all year, but this is, of course, their high-pressure time, and, and he has done this all week, and he's got Saturday with his family, and they put up the tree, and still he gave us an hour and a half. And I, I think that was just wonderful. And he said, I'll be with you next year if you guys want me. So, oh, yes. Yeah, so. Yeah, that, that, was, that was just a super interview. I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. He was really a special person. Yeah. Good stuff. And um, I have something to say about your earlier question. Rut row. <laughs> Rut row. When Dennis starts out like that, I'm nervous. What? What um, do you have to say? What? 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 You asked, you asked who Missy was, and an earlier caller, I was, I was going to call in, but an earlier caller gotcha, and, uh, but my answer would have been different. I would have said, oh, that's Virginia Gregg, isn't it? Uh-huh. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I did not use the word character. I should have said who was the character, Missy Wong. <laughs> but you know, didn't you know that Patricia's, um, uh... I'm perfect? Patricia's characterization of the character? She was, you had the Virginia Gray oh, thing going. Oh, yeah. You, you had it going? Oh, did. Miss Apollo did. Uh-huh. Yeah. You had it good? Oh, Missy Wong. <laughs> and, um... Did a good job. Uh-huh. But now I have a question for you. Oh, I got from the first... It's, it's related. You... You also asked uh, who this taxi was. Was that Virginia Gregg too? No, because that show was done, it was done out in New York. That was Mary something, wasn't it? Yeah, Foster or something like that. That was uh, in Long Clark with Nick Carter, and that, that show was out in New York, and Virginia Gregg was never out in New York. So, so there. So there. Oh. Oh, Dennis. Oh, Dennis. What is your favorite Christmas song or Christmas carol? Um, favorite Christmas carol, Joy to the World. What is there about Joy to the World that makes you say that? It makes me happy. Uh -huh. That's a good reason. Uh -huh. And, you know, you really don't have to know why something makes you happy. It's like, that's one of those things I don't care as long as it does. Uh, favorite Christmas song, even though oh, it I, isn't a Christmas song. What? I don't think it is, but they always show it at Christmas. The Bells of St. Mary's. Oh. Yeah. yeah well, I don't accept that. Yeah. And they, I don't know why, but they always show it at Christmas. And I love that movie. Yeah. It, it's great. Why do they show it at Christmas? Is there any kind of a Christmas scene in it? Um, hmm. Well, the premise... I know it's, it's the, a, it covers quite a significant period of time. Yeah, and it, and it covers, you know, Bing Crosby's the priest, mm -hmm. and 
and they're trying to buy a scroll. Yeah. And they got two Christmas scenes in it. I don't remember. Uh, but it's a good point. Oh, but there's snow in there. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking back a long time here. Okay, let's see. Bills of St. Mary. Boy, you guys are... And, uh, and being one, one of the Academy Awards for that movie. Mm-hmm. Well-deserved. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I thought he was great in that. Um, there, he, he was in a just one previous movie that led to that. Uh, going, uh, going, I think Going My Way. Yes, that was it. With Barry Fitzgerald, yeah. But, uh, no, the, the Bells of St. Mary and Ingrid Bergman, I mean... Might have been Going My Way. Yeah, a great, great character. He did a great job. All right, so it looks like, let's see what we've got here for a Christmas scene. I put that in my search. And it says, due to the inclusion in the 1945 film of a scene featuring a Christmas pageant, both the film and the song have come to be associated with the Yuletide season. Huh. Well, how about that? Oh. I was right. I didn't know that. But I liked it anyway. What do you mean, anyway? It was a wonderful movie. <laughs> and it's it's a good song. <coughs> oh, St. Mary's. Yeah. It made me happy. Enough said. Enough said. All right, so you want a Missy Wong question, which you can't have? Because Missy Wong was already answered? <laughs> uh, okay, let's go for it. Missy- I'll get it wrong, but okay. Wong type. Okay, every Christmas on Fibber McGee and Molly, Teeny sings, "'Twas the night before Christmas." Who was Teeny? Oh. Teeny the character and Teeny who played her. Well, the same person who played uh, the star of the show. That's right, that's right. Who was it? That's right. Oh, gosh, you're going to make me remember a name again. Yes. Oh, oh Dennis, you do Missy Wong, but you don't do Teeny? Oh, I know who she was. Okay, who was she? Hmm. Oh, I'm dying here. In the show script, who was she? I am so bad with names. Oh, she's like. Yes, this is the Fibber Mickey and Molly show. I know she was Molly. I know, right, right, but who's right, Molly? Right. But I can't remember her real name. Her. Hmm. Yes, you can. We interviewed. I know. Jim's nephew. And she was married to the star Fibber McGee. Yes. I love those guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you love I, them enough? And I can't remember their name. I'm sorry. You don't love them enough to know who they were. All right. Well, let's go with... Aren't the... they dead? Who was Teeny? What What part? <laughs> hey, what? I, I didn't hear that last one. It's just as well. It was that good, huh? Okay, Teeny. Where Where did Teeny come from? Where was she in the neighborhood? On the block. Who was she? Who was she? Yeah. Dennis. I'm ringing. It was, she was the little girl from across the street. Yeah, she just lived down the block. Across, yeah, but she was a little girl. It was Marion. 
Oh. Marion. And Jordan. Very good. That's a good question. You had to drag that right out of me. I know. But my question is, I always associate down the block it going either up or down. Correct. And across the street, it's going across the street. That is correct. She did not live down the block. She was a little girl across the street. Oh. I'm sorry. Well, I don't know. I'm just trying to defend you Dennis' know, honor here. You know, you you knew she was a neighborhood kid. Now, well, if we knew that's yeah, not... I just, I don't really think of across, well, I grew up on a farm. But you lived across the field. So you, get, you had oh. cows. Our blocks are a mile long in the Midwest. Right, and on a farm, you give directions with distances that are down the road a piece. Yeah, kind of. I, I guess I have a little different cultural background. <laughs> sure, but across the street is still across the street. If I look out my front window and I see your house. City girl. <laughs> Oh, all right. Now, Dennis, let me see where you, where you are here. Fine. <laughs> okay. I, I think I probably sent you an envelope, did I not? Well, I haven't gotten it yet, but... but. <laughs> no, your name, I put your name on a sticker, and you've got Cloak and Dagger and Escape, and I've got them crossed off my list, so your envelope was finished. Hmm. It... it don't be too worried. We've had some snow here. Okay. I, I haven't been out to the box. Do you want Patricia to mail you some snow? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> want me to mail her some? You want me to... Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, um, I have to tell you. Yeah? Um, some years ago now, but I, uh, I was down in your neck of the woods. Um, I'm not exactly sure where Fort Myers is, but I was down in Tampa. It's somewhere in Florida. You were yeah. down where? Tampa. Uh, and, uh... Yeah, okay. You were talking about ice and snow and so on. Right. Earlier. Um, I thought, oh, this is cool. Business trip, Florida, this will be nice. Uh-huh. And, uh, we came out of the hotel in the morning to go off to work. And uh, there was frost on the windshield. Mm-hmm. And everybody looked at each other and said, well, what are we going to do? <laughs> and uh, what we finally ended up doing was uh, taking out our credit cards mm-hmm. and scraping the snow or the frost off the windshield. Oh. Or sitting and in, in running the car for a while and having the defroster go would have been fine, too. These people did not know what to do. How embarrassing. You know, Tampa, there's a line, an imaginary line or an invisible line that is just south of Sarasota, which is pretty close to Tampa. It's about uh, 40 miles, maybe 50 miles tops from Tampa. And just south of Sarasota, there's an invisible line where cold fronts used to stop. So if we had northern wind coming down, north of this line would get hit with things like frost, and we'd be sitting here all fat and happy (laughs) in our sunshine. That doesn't happen anymore. We get the north winds, and I know it sounds silly to people who are in snow country, 
but it is really a biting wind when it comes down from the north, and it doesn't even have to be a strong wind. I mean, it's even even normal people from the north would walk around with a sweater on. 70 degrees, and you'd want a sweater on. Imagine that. Oh. <laughs> it would feel much colder. Well, it does. And actually, I lived in Orlando for about six months. So, and, um, you got a feel for it. It depends. And one thing I noticed... Um, I'm, I'm a smoker. Don't tell anyone. Tell anyone. So, um, I'd go outside and have a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And buildings there that we worked in were incredibly air-conditioned. I'd go outside and have a cigarette, and the air was so wet outside, my clothes would absorb the moisture. And, uh... I'd come back inside, and I would be freezing. Mm-hmm. So, for the last five months I lived there, I stopped smoking. <laughs> it was just so uncomfortable to go outside and have a cigarette. It wasn't the outside moisture. It was it was you. Uh, it was when I came back in. And you were... Uh, it was just so unpleasant. So even sitting inside without even going out and back in can be very unpleasant. Banks do that. I mean, I don't know what kind of electric bills these people pay, but my gosh, you know, people walk around with long sleeves in the supermarket. Somebody passed me the other day and she had short sleeves on and she said, my God, it's cold in here. It really is cold. I don't know why they do that. Um, not sure either. Do. All right, so what do you want in your envelope, sir? Sir, do you like that? Sir. The Saint. The Saint. Oh, I'd be happy to do that. I just got some new files on that. New and improved versions. You mentioned earlier Uh with one of the other guests um, that you had like 1,500 Lum and Abner. Greg Bell said on his show that there were 5,000 shows. Oh, I know. It was just... Is that amazing? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, they had five... Thousand. I can't even imagine doing that many shows. Yeah, you do five a week uh, for 52 weeks. They didn't take a break, did they, Walden? No, they were pretty pretty consistent. Yeah. So it adds up pretty quickly, you know? I guess so. Yeah.